Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend, Christina. In this episode, we'll talk about the difference between happiness and joy. We'll pull some mental weeds and revel in the smell of a fresh baguette. This is episode 14. Here we go. Well, thank you, Christina, for being with us today. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. I'm glad to be here. So, you know, I've been enjoying the challenge of making the weekends special with our Saturday adventures and Sunday drives. I loved hearing from one of our listeners when she shared a photo of her Saturday morning spent doing art projects with her little baby boy in his high chair. It was so precious. I agree. That's what this is all about, making time to be with your kids, to enjoy the beauty and the mess of motherhood, rather than getting caught up in all of the tasks of motherhood. Okay, before we dive in, I just want to say that if you haven't listened to episode zero, it's on the homepage of sundayafternoonmama.com, and it's just a shorter episode. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're a new listener. I just share the heart and vision behind Sunday Afternoon Mama. And one of the things that I am super passionate about and a huge part of why I started this podcast was that I feel like we sometimes are missing the joy. Joy. So that's what we are exploring today. I think it's important to differentiate that there is a difference between happiness and pleasure and joy. I mean, if you were to compare the two, happiness and pleasure would be a really nice light fixture, whereas joy is the sun. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So someone or something can bring us great happiness. For example, our families can bring us great delight. Like right now, I am experiencing a huge dose of happiness when my son dances to any music that is playing. So it's really cute. He has this arm move that goes like he goes back and forth with his arm and he kind of shakes and moves. And it's the baby shimmy, the baby shimmy. It's so cute. You know, so that brings me great happiness. Also, something like seeing a gorgeous sunrise gives me great pleasure. Feeling a reaction to a book or whatever it is, attaining something like an award or promotion at work, even just a new outfit. All of these things can make you happy. But but that kind of happiness is a transient feeling. Yeah, exactly. So right. That kind of joy I'm talking about is not just this superficial feeling, but an abiding joy that can transcend even the darkest night or the toughest challenge you face. I find it hard to pin down the idea of joy. Uh, in his book, Surprised by Joy, C.S. Lewis talks about his journey from atheism to Christ, and he explores the concept of joy. He describes joy as a feeling. It's a pang, a reminder, something yet to be, a desire for something yet to be. It's a byproduct, and it points to something more. Happiness may go away, but joy can be a choice. I love the song by this group called Rent Collective Experiment. They're amazing. Um, It's called Joy of the Lord. So this is just a paraphrase of some of the lyrics. Basically, they say, Though tears may fall, though my heart may fail, while there's breath in my lungs, my song will rise to you. And then in the dead of night, when the waters rise, while there's hope in my heart, I will praise you, Lord. And the chorus just simply says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness, I'll dance. In the shadows, I'll sing. I can't even read this without tearing up. It's funny because it's about joy, but of course I'm crying. But you know what I mean? It's just a powerful truth, you know? And they go on to say, when sorrow comes my way, you are the shield around me. Always you remain like courage in the fight. I hear you call my name, Jesus. I'm coming, walking on the waves and I'm reaching for your light. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it just always gets me. It almost sounds absurd to be able to say, in the darkness, I'll dance, in the shadows, I'll sing. But the older I get, the more 
I understand what this means and what it takes to make this mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. It, I mean, joy isn't pretending that everything is okay with your eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, on the contrary, you look straight at the darkness, the fear, the doubt, the pain, the sadness, whatever it is, and you say, I will choose joy, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying I will choose to have joy because, you know, it's not going to be my possession. Yeah. It's like a place where I'm going to live. Yes. Yeah. It's not something we muster up on our own with just enough willpower. You know, I think it's just this byproduct, a healthy byproduct Mm -hmm. of confidence in God, trusting that he is for you. So Helen Keller said, resolve to keep happy and your joy and you shall form an invincible host against difficulties. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Have you ever met someone who just inspired you this way? Like they choose joy through this tragic or challenging situation, you know, it's so impressive to me when people can look at what's going on, you know, a situation with joy and hope. I'm sure we've all met people that no matter, you know, what's going on in their lives, good or bad, they choose negativity or despair and they end up kind of spiraling Mm -hmm. down and they end up sounding kind of like that Eeyore character where it's like, everything's bad and Mm -hmm. nothing's ever good. I can't (laughs) see anything good. I would propose, especially in the age we live in, we have to be, we just have to be Mm -hmm. intentional about choosing joy every day. There's enough discouraging, fear-inducing, and depressing headlines in the news just even each morning that if we aren't careful, those current events alone can steal our joy. As mamas, the atmosphere in our homes is greatly influenced by us and our attitudes. Choosing joy will help create this calm and happy mood. When there is tension or negativity in our homes, our children can sense it, right? I mean, they totally do. And it's mortifying when they do. Yes, (laughs) because sometimes they call you on it, you know? Um, While we all have those down days or moments where we fail to choose joy, myself included, I mean, we're not, this is a journey we're on. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, if we can just reset and choose joy throughout our days, our families will be so blessed for it. So that being said, how do we choose joy? How do we put this into practice? Yeah, Well, here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to choosing joy. The first one is eradicate negative thoughts. It's kind of like a weed, right? Like you pull those thoughts out before they take hold. It is so much easier to pluck a weed out of your yard when it's just beginning and it hasn't developed those deep, strong, (laughs) terrible roots, you know, yet. And it's the same with our thought life. In the same way that you are what you eat, we're going to feel what we think. Yeah. And, you know, if you focus on the negative, that's all that we're going to be able to see when we reflect on our life. And likewise, if you're focusing on the positive things in your life, you'll be more likely to see the positive things in your life. Exactly. So, yeah, just notice, be aware of your thoughts and catch those ones that are negative. Start to notice, start to be aware. Um, the ones that are full of fear or anxiety or doubt or discouragement, and then replace them with a healthy truth instead. Now, <laughs> this takes repetition and consistent discipline. This is not something I am saying to you like, this will be just a breeze. It's no big deal. It's no big, it's not, you know, not hard at all. (laughs) But it's a practice. (laughs) But thankfully, we can retrain our brain. And a lot of even just general studies and when people have studied all this stuff, they've proven you can retrain those thoughts, which is really, really cool. And it gives me such great hope. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes if those negative thoughts are so powerful, so overwhelming, you need a physical change. Yes. And so and so this is where it's helpful to go outside, go for a change of scenery, get some fresh air, put some music on with lyrics that are just going to soak into your soul. Yeah. And and help you try to focus on the positive and make that change. 
Exactly. And that's where one quick thing I want to add on to that going outside, even just the smells and the sights in nature are so good for us. Like we are designed to interact and be outside like that with, with just even smelling a rose um, and just get the rain, the rain. I mean, we're heading into the winter and the rain smell is almost like an intoxicating smell. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. So yeah, that perspective gives you a huge perspective shift. And I I really, I can't advocate, advocate that enough. (laughs) That is your goal. One of my goals. <laughs> for this year is to go outside, rain or shine, just at least once a day. And it's mm-hmm. so good. Okay. Next thing, next tip for you is don't overanalyze things. Now, I say this as a recovering overanalyzer myself. It's so easy to look at social media or have interactions with people and draw all the wrong conclusions. Like, what did she mean when she said this or did this? Or did I offend so-and-so? Or why isn't such and such happening for me? Or why did she not invite me to do this? And the list goes on and on. And this is just futile. And again, I say this from, I say this humbly from experience and observation just in my own life and then in the lives (laughs) of others that I care about. So what is more helpful is just to remember that most people are not sitting around overanalyzing your behavior. So don't worry too much or waste too much of your precious time wondering about things that are just often out of your control anyways. And this is where your squad is going to come in handy. Just like you talked about with Betsy in episode 12 and 13. Yes. We all need a sounding board. And a good friend is not going to let you wallow alone in worry. Yeah. Um, A good friend will tell you, hey, forget about that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the millions of possibilities. And they're going to help you move forward. Yep. Yeah. Friends are a very important thing to help keep you grounded. And along with that vein, social media can be a great tool for keeping in touch with your friends. We talk about this Mm -hmm. a lot. It's a big issue in our culture. So it's going to come up over and over, I feel like. But with it comes a whole host of possible pitfalls. You know, I'm sure you've heard the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. It's so completely true. The more we are looking at other people's lives in curated pictures, we may feel dissatisfaction with our own life and then go down that negative spiral towards feelings of sadness and frustration, which are definitely not joy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's important to be wise in our use of social media. We all want to post and look at beautiful pictures, but when we start posting things or viewing them with a mindset of comparison, or I'm going to post this picture for comparison, Mm. we end up hurting ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. Okay, so our final tip for you is to keep your circumstance in perspective. The more we focus inwardly on ourselves, the more likely we are to sink into a pity party. And it's helpful to think about your circumstances with a different perspective. You know, did you see that Christmas video that made the rounds on Facebook? I think so, but tell me about it. (laughs) This guy wakes up and he and his wife are both wrapped up in Christmas paper and his response is, I'm alive. Yes. Oh, so good. The kids come in and they're wrapped up in paper and he runs over and he's so thankful for the gift of his children. And it continues with his breakfast, with his shoes, with his coffee, his job, his car. All of these things are wrapped like gifts and he tears into them with enthusiasm and gratefulness and joy. Mm -hmm. I did see that. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, we mentioned Helen Keller earlier, and she is also this great example of perspective. She was blind and deaf, things which we can't even not, you know, can't even begin to comprehend. At least I can't. And yet she lived a life with vigor and joy. One of my favorite quotes is from her. Everything has its wonders, even darkness and silence. And I learned that whatever state I be in, therein to be content. And that's so powerful to me because she was blind and she was deaf and she still speaks of the wonders. 
Yeah, that's just incredible. Journaling can be a helpful outlet for processing your perspective. Christine and I both are kind of fans (laughs) of journaling. You know, you can get all of the emotions down on paper and out of your heart. And then later you can look back and see your circumstances from a different perspective. And one thing I will add to this is it's the same with prayers. Like I have prayed for situations Mm -hmm. or people and then I sometimes forget an answered prayer. And so it's helpful to look back and be like, whoa, I remember that. I was worried about this or this person was struggling with this and we prayed and God was faithful. So these three tips are just crucial as we think about joy and how to have, receive, and just experience more joy every day. Okay, now we're going to transition into the segment we call My Favorite Things, and I'll go first. So my favorite things right now include having tea at night before bed. It's so relaxing, kind of, it's good. We talked about late night snacking and how to kind of combat that (laughs) tendency. It's so easy to do. And one thing that helps me is just have a cup of tea instead, um, and that's been really, really good. Um, My tea drawers and organizer that I got, um, this wonderful Christmas gift. Thank you, Reed Drummond. Um, I love using that for the tea because it's like a pretty container to store it in. I posted that on social media and a lot of you were asking about it and everything. So we've linked it in the show notes and I'll make sure everyone knows where to find that if you'd like it. I love um, stuff. Yeah, I know. It's so good. <laughs> also, I'm loving this amazing array of bath salts I received also as a gift uh, recently. Yay. Because I'm a huge fan of taking hot baths. Magazines like the Magnolia Journal and a French Decor magazine my husband got me for Christmas. I mean, I could just gaze at the pictures mm-hmm. in there for hours. It's so beautiful. I do not <laughs> mind rereading, you know, these things. Also loving baguettes. So I discovered a French bakery nearby and I am just in love. I can practically smell them in my sleep. Oh my goodness. There's nothing like the smell of fresh baked bread. When you go to Albertsons and they pull out the the fresh bread in the evening, I'm just like, oh my goodness. My mouth starts to water. I know. It's so good. (laughs) Um, Another thing I'm loving is the elaborately planned but very short in duration um, plays that my daughters have been putting on. I say that in quotes, putting putting these plays on for me. Just a just you one An member audience audience of one, audience of one. it's <laughs> incredible they okay they literally planned this play for me the other day when we had some days off school over Christmas break and they they planned this play for it felt like an hour and then when I came in there to, to see the performance the play lasted about one minute it was wow. so amazing it was well thought out <laughs> well thought out okay um getting outside every day so yay for a 2018 goal and slowly decluttering and just kind of reevaluating everything we have in our house just kind of room by room thing by thing just casually not again not anything too intense but just like noticing taking stock of of kind of our scenario here and what we have new year fresh beginnings i just i love it so how about you so I've really been enjoying watching the kids get their craft on. Ooh, yeah. For Christmas, we got a new set of nice markers for them, and they've gone to town drawing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I've always enjoyed creating things, and so it makes me extra happy to see them enjoying it as well. My my boy draws elaborate like ninja scenes, and <laughs> and my girl loves to practice her H's and W's, and it kills me when she draws like this big jagged line all across the paper oh, and shows me awesome. her train of W's. <laughs> That's great. I have a little clothesline cord that I put up in the dining room, and I love to see their artwork pinned to it. So just <laughs> great. It just melts my heart a little bit. That is amazing. So sweet. Okay. So we um, still want to encourage lots of listener questions. So we have them here and there, but we want to encourage you to keep sending them. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. So email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com 
or send a little Facebook message or even leave a voicemail. We have a, a number especially for this. Just call 1-401-371-MAMA and that's 1-401-371-6262. So now it's time for a bumblebee moment. Our kids can be super funny and the most random things can happen at home. If you have a bumblebee moment to share, please go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on share a bumblebee moment and it'll direct you to a super easy page to send me your story. So I can't wait. Use the hashtag bumblebee moment if you'd like to show us on Instagram as well. Okay, so I have one from a friend of mine. She was just telling me this the other day. Okay, basically what happened, I don't know if this happens, I'm sure this happens to a lot of us. We make something for breakfast or whatever meal and it's like, oh, this is not what I want and we have the food battles or the the kind of struggles over all that kind of thing. So her struggle was hilarious. So she gives her this little bowl for the cereal or whatever Mm -hmm. and the daughter looks down at it and is like, this is not the bowl that I want. And she looks back at her mom and she's like, you are ruining my life. (laughs) I just died. I had to share that. I just... I was like, oh, that is classic, classic. I mean, they they are just, the other day my daughter was like trying to pull her blanket up over her lap and she's like, this blanket's not working. It's just, (laughs) uh," and they just get so frustrated. They don't know like the right words to say. They don't know how to communicate. You're ruining my life. (laughs) You're ruining my life with this. Oh, it's just, the struggle is real. I have emotions and I don't know how to control them. It's so true. It's yeah, and it is in those moments I find it challenging to be like calm and joyful. So we're learning this. It's like yeah. this is what we've this is what we're learning. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week and please if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on at sundayafternoonmama on Instagram and Facebook. And by the way, thank you for all the follows on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook is just amazing right now. There's people joining us on this journey and it's just exciting. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friend.